They're not center stage. Who's center stage? Jesus. So, Father God, we give you all the glory today. You're worthy of our praise. Lord, as we enter into a time of, of preaching, Lord, and a message, God, I ask in Jesus' name that your spirit fall upon us, Lord. Personalize this message as only you can do. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. I wish you could see the view from here because you guys look awesome. You really do. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. My name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm delighted to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Thank you to all of those that are here that are honored guests. I know we've got some parents, some grandparents. I've got my mother-in-law joining us from Pennsylvania. So welcome, Granny. Yep, it's good. It's good. We're, we're finishing our series this morning uh, called Realistic Expectations, or some of us might say unrealistic expectations, because here's the truth. Mary getting pregnant with Jesus was not an answer to her prayers, right? Can you just, can you buy into that for a minute, right? She never prayed to God, God, let the Son of God come and be with me. Wreck my entire engagement. Let it be stressful. Let it, like, she never asked for that. It was unexpected for her for this to happen. It was an interruption on a scale and magnitude that probably none of us will ever experience in our lives. But some of us, we are going through interruptions. We are going through, you know, stuff that we had not planned happening in our lives, And it may not be of the angelic kind. So I'm not trying to stress anybody out, but did you you realize Christmas is tomorrow? (laughs) Did you know that? Christmas is tomorrow. Today is the last day. Like, the mall's open till 5 if anybody needs to go there. But, like, if if the presents aren't bought, you don't have a lot of time. The presents aren't wrapped, right? If you got a plan for assembly... I know my wife is really good, like the food has to be bought, you got to have a plan, you got to look at the second page because there may be an ingredient you don't have, and this guy goes out to get the last minute ingredients. (laughs) Are you prepared for family and friends that you're going to gather with? Some of that is a physical preparation, you got to prepare all the seats at the table. Some of that is mental, you know what I'm talking about. For some of us, this is the happiest time of the year. But for some of us, you know what? It isn't very happy. We may be alone. You may be home watching because you're sick, and I wish you could be here. Right? What expectations are realistic and what expectations are unrealistic? For, for Mary, she knew the prophecies about the Messiah. Could it be possible that she was pregnant with the Son of God? Like, is that a thing? Like, is that unrealistic or is it realistic? It just kind of blows your mind to think about that. So the title of my message this morning is Prince of Peace. There we go. But before we get started, I want to ask, I want us all to ask ourselves one question. This is the question. Do I have peace? Right? So you ask it for yourselves. Do you have peace? Because for many of us, the definition of peace could look like, is the dinner planned? Are the presents wrapped? Is the house clean? If you're ready then you have peace. You know what I'm saying? But what about when you get the diagnosis? Do you only have peace if the tumor's benign? What if it's something else? Right? What if you, what if you look in your bank account and it's down to double digits, not four digits? Can you still have peace if you're living paycheck to paycheck or do you need the fat Christmas bonus to have peace? 
The prophet Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus came to earth. 700 years. And this is what he said. He said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And Barb, I love the way you said in Advent that like he wasn't, these aren't the names of Jesus. Like God is, you know, Mother, Mother Mary is not saying to Jesus, hey, wonderful counselor, time for dinner, right? This is who he is, not, not the name that you call him. But his nature is he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting father. He's our prince of peace. But the truth is, in the time of Isaiah, when Isaiah prophesied this, people didn't understand who he was talking about. Even when Jesus came, people missed the significance of who Jesus was. The whole time he was here on the earth, even when he died and rose to heaven, people missed it. People today, we, you and me, we can miss Jesus if we're not careful. But to better understand, this morning we're going to be looking at Prince of Peace. To better understand it, I want to go back to what it means in the Hebrew, right? The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It's translated Prince of Peace, but I think it's fascinating if we look at what these Hebrew words are. The Hebrew translation for Prince of Peace is Sars Shalom. So what is Sars? Sars is the one who's in charge. It means the captain, the lord, the chief, the general. The Romans used this word Tsar, and it became Tsar. Remember the Tsars? Then it became Caesar, like Julius Caesar. He was the one that was in charge. And when it refers to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, it's saying he's the captain, he's the chief, he's the Lord, he's the Tsar of Shalom. So what does Shalom mean? Many of us take Shalom as a greeting, peace. But the basic, most basic meaning of Shalom is to be complete or to be whole. So many of us look at peace as what? It's the absence of negative news. I'm going to pray for peace in the world. What does that mean? That there won't be any war. That's what we look at as peace. But see, shalom can refer to a stone with no cracks, or it can refer to a completed stone wall that has no gaps or cracks. Life is complex. It's full of moving parts and relationships and situations. And when any of these is out of alignment, or there's a gap, and there's something missing, Shalom breaks down. Life is no longer whole. It needs to be restored. To bring shalom is to complete or to restore at those times. So why is this significant? If Jesus is our prince of peace, he's the the Sar Shalom prophesied about, he comes, um, verse 7 it says, his government and its peace will never end. He comes to make a covenant of peace with us. Not just peace in a situation, not just peace in a moment, but a covenant of peace. So Jesus being born and dying as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, it made possible God to have a relationship with us. So there's two claims that Jesus made. I just want to look quickly at. This is what Jesus said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And I don't give it to you as the world gives. It's not this circumstantial peace. It's not a peace that, okay, the tumor came back and it was benign. Now you can have peace. Oh, the tumor's cancerous. You can't have peace. No, Jesus comes that we might have peace. He's our peace. And he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. You know, I dare say some of us today, maybe our hearts are troubled, right? Maybe we're afraid, but, but listen to the words of Jesus that he is the peace. He's the, the Sar Shalom that can come and make us whole. So what does it look like for Jesus to be more than just our shalom? He's got to be our sar shalom. He's got to be our captain, our Lord. 
and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But there's another thing that Jesus says about himself. He says that, waiting for the click, wait for it. Patrick, bail me out. It's not working. Jesus is the peace who saves me. So Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Let's break this down. We've been made right in God's sight by what? By faith. And we have peace with God. That's that word, peace, again. We have peace with God. It's by faith. Another translation says we've been justified by faith. Right? Faith is when we look up. Faith isn't something we look inside for. Faith only comes, faith in Jesus. Right? That's the one that we come to. Now, one of the things that we love to do on Sunday afternoon as a family is we have all the kids over that are in town. When my son from Kenya was here, we, it would be a mob house, right? And all the grandkids that were old enough, you know, not, not a baby under one, what they'd love to do with Pop on a Sunday afternoon is to go on the hot tub. Because we know that when we go on the hot tub, we're going to have story time. And it would only take them just maybe 10 seconds after we get in, Pop, could you tell us a story, right? And that would be the, always the, the thing that would come. So I'm going to tell you all the story this morning. And it's a story about when Meg and I went hang gliding. Yes, you heard that right. We went hang gliding. Now, you may wonder, am I going to tie this back? Yes, stay with me. I'm going to tie it back, all right? But I want to just give you a visual that when you're going hang gliding, it's important to make sure that you're on the top of a very tall hill because you need to get that altitude. But Meg and I did not do this kind of hang gliding. I just want to put it out there, right? This is a, a, a ruse. This is not the kind of hang gliding we did. We went to the Vermont-New Hampshire border, and we, uh, we went and took a hang gliding lesson, I guess you could call it. So there's a featherlight plane, and this plane tows the, the hang glider that's on wheels, and it tows you up to speed. You both take air, takes you up to altitude, and then when you're ready or whether you're not ready, the plane releases you, and then you're on your own. And you got to, whoo, like we're soaring. We're just free as a bird, looking down. It's beautiful view. Now, doesn't that sound peaceful? Yeah, huh? I hope you don't have a fear of heights. I hope you don't have a fear of heights. Well, here's what made it very peaceful, right? You take a 30-minute class. You sign away waivers. Like, if you die, you know, you're not holding them responsible. That's peaceful, isn't it? Like, I could die. Yeah, that's notable. Um, but when, you, when you're going to, to get on the hang glider, they give you a harness, and you get harnessed to your instructor, right? It's kind of like uh, when you're jumping out of a plane. You get harnessed to someone else. And if you're wondering, like, that's me on the bottom. That is, that is a picture that we took. Me on the bottom, my instructor's on top. And, and then we got that tow rope, and they're going to tow us all the way up there, and they're going to let us go. So we get up there, and he lets me fly, and I'm happy to fly. But you know what? There comes a point in time as we're getting closer and closer to the ground. I am happy for him to take over. I'm not fighting him for control. I'm like, you're the captain. Like, you, you're the captain of the ship. I will gladly relinquish. I'll surrender myself to you that you land this thing because I know I'm not going to land it. So how many of us feel like we're going through life and we're trying to fly the hang glider by ourselves? We don't know what we're doing. Right? Jesus comes... And he's the captain. He's the instructor. He's like, hey, harness yourself 
to me. If you will give your life to me, like I will fly us in places, we'll see things, we'll do stuff, it'll be amazing. And when it's time to land, like let me take the controls. Don't you try to land this thing. But instead, what do we do? We're idiots. We're like, no, I got this. I can do this by myself. Over and over and over again, we're crashing our hang gliders. Why? Why would we do that? This is what God said. By the way, that's me up in the air. Thank you, Meg, for taking that picture. It was beautiful. You should try it sometime. But what God said is this. He loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. This is what Jesus does as our instructor, that he came, he lived a sinless life, that every one of us, every one of you can hang glide with Jesus as your instructor. You don't have to do it by yourself, right? That's the beautiful news. But it's not just hang gliding, it's that he offers you eternal life. He offers you a way through this life that's going to not just end when this life is over, it's going to take you into the next life. And we have to believe in him. But now believe is a little different in the Greek than maybe what you or I think. Like all of you maybe believe that you could hang glide, but yet you're sitting in a seat right now, right? So believing isn't just a head thing. Oh, I know I could do that. I could, I could be like Megan Gregg and go hang gliding. No, you know that you believe you can go hang gliding when you're, harnessed, when you're putting that harness on and you're getting harnessed to somebody and then you're going up in the air. Now the belief is you gave your life for that belief. Now, I give my life, I put my life in the hands of that instructor. Don't we all do that at times, right? Like, I'm believing this guy wants to go home for dinner tonight, and I'm going to get home for dinner as well. So that's why I'm going to harness myself to him. How much more would I look to the Son of God, the babe born in a manger? Would I look to him and say, you know what? I want to give my life to you. I'm going to trust you with my life, because if I believe in that way, I'm not going to perish, but I'm going to have eternal life. So I want to ask a question this morning. Is our peace tied to a feeling or is it tied to a person? Right? Because we started this morning, if the presents have to be bought, they got to be wrapped, dinner's got to be planned. All these things have to be in place and then you can have peace. We're only going to have like five minutes of peace this weekend, right? Hey, don't forget batteries, by the way, on your way home if you need batteries. I just want to tell you, don't forget them. And make sure that when all the trash is there, you don't throw away those little parts. That can wreck your peace, right? But if peace is tied to those circumstances, it's fleeting, isn't it? But when peace is in a person called Jesus Christ, that peace, Sar Shalom, he comes and he takes my brokenness and he makes me whole. He, he completes all the pieces that I have. So some of us, we're facing things today And we're looking for peace, and it's not there because we're looking in circumstances. Why not look to the Prince of Peace today? Why not look to Jesus, the one that's come and paid the price for you and I? Because as we give our lives to Jesus, he promises us. Not not that things are going to go great. He says, actually, that in the world you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So when we give our lives to Jesus, it doesn't mean you're going to get home and your presence will be wrapped. Sorry to break the news. Doesn't mean you're going to get home and your house is going to be clean. You're still going to have to clean your house. But when we give our lives to Jesus, it means that as Sar Shalom, he's the one that completes me. He takes the broken pieces of my life and he makes them whole and gives me a peace on the inside, a peace that I can have for eternity, a relationship that I can have that I can walk day in and day out with. Now, 
Just like it says there that we read in John 3.16 that God gives us this gift as we believe. Ephesians 2 tells us that God saves us by his grace when we believe, but then it goes on to say salvation is a gift and we can't earn it so that none of us would boast. Because some of us, we may have grown up like this is how I grew up. I felt like I needed to do more to earn God's love. If I do enough good, if I help people, if I, if I try to be kind to my classmates, then I'm going to earn my way to heaven. We can't earn our way to heaven. It's a gift. We have to receive it as a gift. So I want to ask you, has there ever been a time in your life where you've received the gift of salvation? Because if, if you've harnessed yourself to Jesus, you're going to know what that's like. Because, man, like, you got to put on the harness. you got to be tied in. You'll have known if you've done it. And if you never have, how do you do it? Well, we simply, we pray. And we say to God, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know Jesus died and paid the price for my sin. God, I want to give my life to you. I want you to be my captain, my Lord. So some of us today, we know Jesus intimately. We've had this experience where we prayed, we've asked Jesus into our life. What's the challenge for, for you if you know Jesus? If Jesus is your Sar Shalom, he says, look, it's not just for you to have your brokenness be made complete. I want you to take that peace wherever you go. We're all going to be visiting family, hopefully. We're all going to be having holiday celebrations. What peace, what are you taking with you as you go? Right? What's on your lips? Will you bring Jesus, the Prince of Peace, with you as you go to your to your celebrations. Some of us today, maybe we've given our lives to Jesus, but you know what? If we're honest, we've been flying solo lately. Yeah, we, we've been flying solo, and maybe there's been some crash landings recently, and you're a little bruised for the fact of that, right? It's no accident that you're in service today, because the way, to, way back to Jesus is the same way we came initially. We pray, so if you're here today and you've walked away from God, my encouragement to you is this. Come back to him, right? Jesus wants to be your captain. He wants to be your Lord. But you've got to willingly harness yourself to him. He's not going to take that harness. And some of you this morning, you're, you're thinking and you're looking at me and saying, Greg, I've never heard these words. I thought like you that I needed to earn my salvation. You're telling me I just have to receive it as a gift? How can that be possible? Well, it's only made possible because of who Jesus was. See, none of us, none of us will ever be perfect. We can try to be good, but we're never going to achieve perfection, and God can't stand sin in his presence. So if you're going to get to heaven and you're going to have eternal life, you need the blood of Jesus to pay the price for your sins. That's why we come to him today. You know, it's not lost on me that people in Isaiah's time missed who Jesus was. When Jesus came to earth people missed him. I don't want any of us this Christmas to miss the importance of who Jesus is, the babe in a manger, the one that came to save us from our sins. So if, if you have never prayed to receive Jesus or you've walked away and you want to pray again to come back to Jesus, would you all bow your heads and close your eyes? And I'd like us all to pray a prayer together. All right, could we do that? Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I know that you came to pay the price for my sin. I believe in you. And I want to give you my life. To be my Lord. To be my captain. Jesus, I harness myself to you. Jesus, I re-harness myself to you. 
And I pray, God, that I would fulfill the will that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just getting ready because we're going to have kids coming back out here. If you prayed that prayer, I have a book that I'd like to give you. It's called The Living in Christ Book. And here's why I want to give you this book. We're going to have a prayer team up here afterwards. You're just starting a journey. And as you start a journey, you need some help along the journey, right? You're starting a journey of what it looks like to live with Jesus Christ. So the prayer team will be up here after we close. We're going to have a little more worship, and then I'll come back up and I'll dismiss us. But the prayer team will be here. If, if you've never received one of these books, but you've you prayed with me to give your life to Jesus, I'd like you to come get one. All right, let's get ready for the kids. All right, here's the fun news. The kiddos are going to sing with us again, but we're going to sing with them. So we're going to enter into worship. I just really felt as we were praying with Kathy and preparing for Christmas, it's not a performance. The kids are going to be used by God just like we would be used by God. And I just want to encourage you, don't get distracted by cuteness, even though it's really hard. Um, let's enter into worship and let's give God what he's worth and tell him who he is. So I just want to encourage you, church, let's stand and let's close our eyes for a minute. A lot of things have been said. A lot of things have been felt. I just want to pray one more time. Just say, Holy Spirit, don't let me leave without getting what I need to hear today. We just receive you. We ask for you to come in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Mark the Herald.
Behold, the virgin child conceived and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.
Amen. So we just want to thank you all for coming today. We wish you all a Merry Christmas. Remember the prayer team, if you guys could come up now, if you would like prayer today, we would love to pray with you. If not, have a wonderful time celebrating Jesus and bring Sar Shalom with you to whatever celebration you go to. God bless. Have a great Christmas. See ya.